Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You ready? Welcome in to the Five Tool Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, it's a uh, depressing episode. Today was supposed to be opening day, and now um, we're left wondering what if. I'm here with the uh, the normal crew. Here with Art Tornabeni. You can what follow up? him. Uh, Art, right in the middle of me entering your Twitter handle. <laughs> we know better. <laughs> I, I, I got. I got to get this under control. Uh, you can follow him at art underscore t underscore z. What's going on? Oh, I am. I am just floating through quarantine life right now. Uh, life's good. How are you doing? I'm doing as much as I can. I'm trying not to go uh, too stir crazy. Yeah. Um, and we also got uh, Eric Mendelson. You can follow him at e underscore men underscore d. What's going on? Uh, seen a lot of TBT photos today of people at opening day last year. Uh, kind of just pouring salt in the wound a little bit, but other than that, we're we're alive and thriving. I actually um, I saw people actually tweeting out, uh, putting on Instagram, all that stuff. They were watching uh, games from opening day last year just to uh, fill the void. Whatever Nationals or, or World Series for longer. That's true. That's true. The Nationals keep their championship longer. Um, we uh, we have a, a packed show. We have uh, some news and notes. We have, uh, of course, our main piece. We're going to look at um, how the rest of the season is going to play out as far as schedule. And then at the end, we have a uh, special guest. We have Adam Azer uh, actually joined us for uh, an interview um, to talk about his thoughts on the scheduling. And then he joined us for our question of the week and our game. So we're excited for you guys to take a listen to that. Um, but uh, we're going to, as we always do, start with our news and notes. All right, we look at. Our news and notes, as my dog runs rampant through my apartment, I think he has the zoomies right now. I don't know if you guys can hear him. Oh, I can. (laughs) Yeah, he sounds like he's having a good time. This is literally after Eric comments how calm he's been through Snapchats. Yeah, that's true. I'm only going based on what I see on the internet. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so uh, some news and notes I wanted to cover first. Uh, first, we look at uh, we have uh, a couple injuries. We have oh my God, something else. We have uh, a <laughs> couple Tommy John surgery uh, patients as 
Andres Munoz, the electric reliever for the San Diego Padres, and Noah Syndergaard, uh, who was one of my uh, big sleepers this year. Both are getting Tommy John surgery. I think this is following a trend, um, not only for a lot of pitchers who I think are chalking up the season, but every episode of a podcast we put on there, uh, it seems like someone's getting Tommy John surgery. Um, we also have Aaron Judge with a collapsed lung, which I do not know how they did not find they had a collapsed lung uh, and broken rib. So uh, this will hopefully give him some time to heal up. Guys, any thoughts on any of these injuries? Yeah, I think that uh, I've had this sort of conspiracy theory, and it's not really a conspiracy theory. I think people are getting TJs who might have uh, toughed it out and tried to play this season because of this, because of the impact that the coronavirus has had. Maybe they're saying, you know what, Uh, I was going to try and pitch with this. Maybe I'll just get this now because the season might be lost and they'll be back sooner. But uh, I, I, Hey, I was Syndergaard and Munoz. I like Munoz a lot. I think that he has an electric arm. I think he's going to be a closer one day. Um, you know, maybe it's good he gets it out of the way now. Aaron Judge, he's just another big Yankee who always gets injured, it seems like. What's happening here? Um, so I saw um, before, Eric, before you hop in on this same subject, I saw uh, the list of the top 25 um pitchers with as far as how fast they throw so the top 25 velocity um throwing pitchers 11 of them have either getting tommy john surgery or have had tommy john surgery in their careers does that something you think correlates so eric i'll start with you i think definitely throwing the baseball overhand isn't a natural motion and you think about how many pitchers these people throw throughout the years i think it's just you know waiting to happen uh Really surprised Noah Syndergaard. He said he knows his body and he doesn't need MRIs. So, um, And for Aaron Judge, that's unfortunate. He's been hanging out with John Carlos Stanton too much. They're like the injury-prone twins. So, um, yeah, I, I think more and more are going to keep coming out. So we'll keep an eye on those. We'll keep updating you on those. It's the new trend. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. Just get yourself a TJ. Hey guys, let's just get TJs, even though we're not throwing. I, I just I love a good TJ. <laughs> I said the drums. <laughs> um, our other bit of news. Today's opening day, or we thought it was opening day. I'm not going to be like Adam Schefter and say not. I think that was yeah. a very uh, not nice thing he did. Very, very troll moment by him. Yeah, a, uh, rare, a rare troll moment. So uh, I want to ask, Art, I'll start with you. What are you going to miss most about not having opening day today? Um, I am going to miss seeing which of my players that I drafted had great first days. I'm going to miss the fantasy aspect, the most of it. Um, and then – I, if the Cubs got a win, it would have been just gravy on a day. But like, I'd I would probably would have had a few pitchers going, and maybe I'd have had a few aces on my staff. Seeing them turn in nice performances today, ah, uh, that would have been so sweet. Eric, what about you? Yeah, fantasy is definitely up there, and that's number one for me. But to give you a different answer, uh, I think just the atmosphere. I live within a five to ten minute 
10 minute walk from the O stadium and just to see like how lit the area would be it's in Baltimore. It's like a holiday. David can attest to it. Yeah. A lot of people take the day off uh, on these days. If it's during the work week to go to uh, O's opening day. Yeah. Huge day drinks at bars. I mean, people really go wild. Um, I think I'll miss most that first game that's on TV. Like it's the first, usually like they'll have like, maybe it's one or two games that are like before everything else on opening day and everybody's fixated yeah. on like that. I remember um, a few years ago I was on spring break and um, it was the, uh, the Cubs and Marlins and it was the only game on to start the season. And it was on in every single bar on a bunch of TVs, like so much focus for one. Is that when Ian Happ homered? Yes. And you thought yes. he was going to have a good year. Yes. And you see guys like Ian Happ go out there and hit, I think he hit two home runs that game. And it's like, like, holy crap. Like from the fantasy side of things, is this, should I go at him right now? And then you look at the other side of things. You're like that. Everybody's statistics are starting to build up from that point. So it's, it's kind of cool. Um, but uh, I think we're all definitely feeling a big void in our hearts on a day like today. Coronavirus has taken everything from us. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason why we can't have nice things. No. Um, all right. So we're going to get into the, uh, main part of our show, uh, before we get to the interview with, uh, Adam Azer. So, uh, let's hop right in. So as we told you guys last week, we finished our position previews. So now we're going to start tackling a bunch of different um, parts of baseball that we haven't gotten a chance to tackle yet. So what we wanted to look at this week, um, we are looking at, obviously, with this whole uh, COVID-19 affecting the baseball season, we're looking at a lot of different possibilities, how the season is going to play out. Um, Rob Manfred came out today and said there was going to be a roughly, hopefully a June timeline of game starting i think that's very tentative i think it's very hopeful um so we're going to look at possible structures for the season and we're also going to look at players that also have had their value fall or rise due to the shortening of the season um so what we're going to do is uh art i'm going to start with you what are some structures you're hearing or structures you may like and then um which way do you think yeah would be the best way going forward as far as how the season will be Well, the first thing I did to try and figure out how many games they were going to play is I looked and saw how many days the season was last season. It was about 185 days total. They play 162 games, 185 days. Uh, So they only get like 23 days off in a normal season. So they're packing games in there pretty good. If they start on June 1st, they get to 162 by December 1st. But if they're going... If they're starting June 1st and they get to uh, September 29th or September 30th, uh, they're probably going to be more around like 120 games. Uh, so that's – I like 120. I could, I could see that uh, going, to, going to July. Um, you probably have to lose about 20-some games. So you probably only get about 90 games or so, uh, 95 if you started in July. So I, 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 
I like the June start. If we can get started in June, that'd be great. Eric, same question for you. Well, I, I've heard that the Blues Jays GM suggested about doing seven inning games and more double headers. I think the more logical solution, I mean, no, realistically, nobody knows when this is going to be over. And I mean, think about how much contact there is and sharing spaces like the locker room. And, you know, if they have media there, no, I don't think they'd play in front of fans. I think it's easier just to play as many games as you can. Hopefully you get at least a hundred in. Uh, and then that way for players contracts, you know, let's say they play two thirds of a, of a season, you know, all the incentives and everything are easily adjustable. Mm-hmm. I, I think they have to go to some kind of like, not like I think I could see a 81 because they could say it's half the season. I could also see a hundred because it's like a good round number. I think there's going to be some, they're not going to say it's 108 games. I think there has to be some kind of reasoning behind that number. I think it has to like, I don't want to say like look sexy, but they have, I think whatever it's safe for them to play baseball, they're going to have to fit. They can't play 85 games. I think that's, I'm with you. I'm with you. There does have to be reasoning behind why they pick the number. And I think the number has to be a, a, Again, like if you say you're playing 86 games, why are you not playing 87? You know, I, I think like it's it's one of those things like you say you're playing half the games, so you're playing 81 games, or you're like I'm, we're playing 100 games, so it was you know we wanted to make sure we got you know at least 100 games in, so we got that 100 mark. You know, um, yeah. Well, that it have to be an even number. I feel like they they have to play an even amount of home and road games. Um. We referenced this on our interview with Adam Azer um, that you guys will hear coming up, uh, but it was floated out about maybe doing a 32-game season in which it's all division games, and um, you basically play every team in your division eight times, and then whoever has the best record will go to the playoffs. Now, I think this is an interesting idea because each game becomes that much more valuable each team is going to be u- utilizing their best pitchers and they're uh, and not going to be sitting guys nearly as much since it's a shorter season. So you'll be getting right. great quality baseball. You'll be getting playoff-like atmospheres every game. You'll be getting rivalry games. Um, you'll be getting four in each stadium. So it's going to be fair as far as the amount in each ballpark. Um, and, again, uh, you could have a team like the Colorado Rockies who um, – maybe not, aren't on anybody's radar to go to the playoffs this year. Maybe they do well in their division and they represent the NL West and the Dodgers don't, you know, um, what are your thoughts on that? I think for as much time as, as the players put in, I think they deserve a little bit longer of a season. And like the AL central is pretty weak. It's probably going to be the twins or the Indians. Um, in terms of trade value too, and accruing a year on uh, for free agency, I think you need to have the season a little bit longer. And I think staying division only, I don't know. Um, or what do you think? I, I, I like the spirit of it. I think it, if it comes down to doing something like that or doing nothing, I would do that over nothing because it's a fun way to 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 find out what might have happened in the season and it would be just a one-off tournament and uh you know it would be historical it'd be something that 
we could remember that we were there that one season. Like there's a 1981, there was a strike and they had a first half winner and a second half winner because they, uh, they, they had to strike in the middle, I believe. So um, that was an anomaly that happened because of a strike. This would be an anomaly that happened because, which is going to happen already. But if it comes down to being the, okay, we have to decide these divisions right now how can we decide these divisions right now why don't we just have them beat each other up for a month and a half and see who comes out the best i think it's fun. now it's, it's interesting because this also had me thinking what if at the end of every season every team had this in 162 games so they basically made the schedule where you have your last 32 games be your division opponents and that they take that practice and they basically hey if you're the Braves and you're six games behind the Nationals um, with the 32 games left, you have a lot of opportunities to make up ground. Um, I think that would add another fun quirk to it uh, if they took that idea and ran with it for seasons to go forward. But um, I think we all just want baseball at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So on that subject, Art, I'm going to start with you. Give us some guys that you have that are rising up the, uh, the draft charts because if we have a shortened season um, that you feel like their values kind of uh, risen in a sense. I, I'm having a, a hard time figuring out how it's going to play out. I do think relief pitchers are going to be at a premium simply because if they're going to try and play as many games as possible, they're going to need to add to the roster. They're going to make them artificially bigger to add extra pitches. And there's going to be a lot, uh, more innings thrown by poor pitchers. Uh, so a good relief pitcher, I think, becomes slightly more valuable. I'm bumping up Josh Hader because I think he's the best bet as a relief pitcher. Um, I think that uh, um, I, I I like most of the A's staff to get better because of this. Uh, Luzardo, A.J. Puck, uh, those types of pitchers who might who might uh, have have innings restrictions. Other than that, I'm not 100% sure how it's going to change things, to be honest. Eric, what do you think? Um, I'm really with Art on relief pitching. I think if you can, you know, in our league, we have three relief pitcher spots. And I think if you can say I have a solid number one closer that, like, I don't have to worry about his job getting taken – I think that's really valuable. And I, I think we're going to see a lot more people kind of like what the Rays do of having a bullpen game and, and having someone throw five or six innings, um, but not starting. I think with young players too, uh, Kevin, Be- Kevin Biggio, Boba Shett, um, you know, Juan Soto's of the world. I think they're built better to handle this than older people. So, um, and especially teams like the angels where I think, you know, there, there's kind of an opening this year. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to rest their players as much with a shortened season. I think, you know, doing well and, and trying to get a playoff spot is important. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have a lot of teams playing their best arms uh, and their best bats in a shortened season. Uh, I was kind of on the same track with you, are. I think guys like the Lazardos and the um, A.J. Pucks of the world, um, the guys like Spencer Howard for the Phillies, guys that um, – I think they have the talent to be in the rotation. 
Um, but they were trying to get, again, accrue some maybe service time that they're going to have come up sooner um, to help make a playoff push. And then maybe you have guys like Lance McCullers, Chris Paddock, guys that were on innings limits um, that aren't going to have reached those innings limits in the uh, shortened season. So they'll, in a sense, be able to pitch the whole season because they want to crew the innings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, Eric, I'll start with you. What are, are there some guys that you're starting to fade from with the shortened season? Uh, any catchers. Uh, maybe Joe, uh, JT Realmuto being the exception. But if there's double headers or in a condensed schedule, you're not going to get the value for a pitcher where they're ranked. Um, so fading pitchers or fading catchers, sorry. Um, I'm fading older players, the Nelson Cruises, uh, even Anthony Rizzo. Um, I, you know, he's a little bit older. I, he's gone on record saying that he needs maintenance days. And then for me, I'm starting to fade some pitchers. I think in a shortened season, they have a little less value. And, you know, you could get someone that's hot. Um, but I, I think this delay in schedule is going to hurt pitchers more than hitters. Art, right, what do you think? I think Eric's right about the delay hurting uh, pitchers more than hitters. Pitchers have a normal ramp up to a season that they've been doing their entire lives. Um, and this is this is different. Like you saw how Dallas Keuchel started late last year. He started he pitched well, but um, uh, but I think that he had a little bit of a tough transition to pitching. Um, I think it's difficult for pitchers to start in June or July rather than yeah, it's it's February. hot right away. Get dehydrated. Yeah. Um, and and the ball flies a little farther in the summer. Pitchers are going to come in. They're not going to be quite into their season form yet, and the ball is just whizzing around. They get a little bit of an advantage. Some pitchers don't like pitching in the cold, so like April pitching might be difficult for some, but most pitchers get a little bit of an advantage in the cold. Um, And uh, it starts to heat up often, starts to go in a little bit. Starting in the summer months might have the – have the uh, have the heat turned up right from the beginning. Uh, it's almost like again, you're you're going instead of from zero to a hundred, you're going from fifty to a hundred. Again, you're like you you can't start at zero. You have to already start like in your mid gear in the sense. And um, like you guys are saying, uh, let's say we're playing, you know, fifty games. Um, pitchers right from the get go. I mean, every game's going to matter that much more. The Max Scherzers, Justin Verlanders of the world, like, are those guys going to be coming out of the gates who have been there, done that, you know, for years and years? Are they going to come out in playoff mode right from the start? Um, And then, you know, you're going to have guys um, like Matt Boyd. If you guys remember last year, Matthew Boyd had a great first two months of the season, and then kind of the rest of the league caught up with him. And after that, he uh, his ERA was skyrocketing after the first two months. You're going to have a lot of those guys, I think, that come in there and are going to have that, you know, few months of pretty much maybe it's they have some new mechanics, new pitch, that they're going to be able to kind of take the rest of the league by storm probably for the whole regular season. Yeah, you can see guys guys who come in and start out hot, like 100, 100 games, that's about the end of July. There's a lot of guys who wither in August yeah. uh, after starting hot. hot. Get, like, there's a, there's a list of freak all-star appearances. Brian LaHara is on it. And you're like, Brian LaHara? Yeah, 
Ryan LaHare, he he's an all star because he had a great first half. Like it happens all the time, and like that's that's this whole season. So Brian LaHare, draft him. You know you don't know these guys. These guys can be hot for half. Well, Art, I'm pretty sure Brian LaHare is still not in the lead to draft. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I get what you're saying. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I think again, I think we're all at this point kind of waiting and seeing. Um, if they make any type of announcement for the amount of games, when they think we're going to be playing games, guys that are going to need more Tommy John, more Tommy John's announced, um, you know, uh, if, if they're going to do double headers, so older guys sit more. I think there's a lot of information that we need before we can fully pick who has increasing and decreasing value. Right now, these are kind of just hypotheticals at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I I looked at guys who had, I think, a little bit of a slow start last year. I started to go through it, and I realized they could have had a slow start because of the cold, which it wouldn't be this time. Uh, it, it's it's really tough to tell who, who might 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 hurt. <laughs> Throw that in there. Uh, but I but but. Streaky hitters, guys who who you consider streaky, might be a little bit of a might be a little bit of a stay away. I think. I just just I might go with safer guys. Yes, don't don't and don't pick guys that have really slow starts like Anthony Rizzo. The advice from uh the one of the three of us who has not won the league yet. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, advice from a guy that's drafted Anthony Rizzo. Uh, two years in a row. You're insulting Art's favorite player. Be careful. <laughs> I like Anthony Rizzo. That's why I keep drafting him. But production-wise, that's different. Rizzo starts has started slow the last two or three years. It's true. Uh, but he kicked it up. He kicks it in and gets you those good season-long stats. So, like, he's really good the last, like, three, four months. You get less of that this shortened season. Yeah. I saw Char- Charlie Blackman had had his big most of his season was in may and june like most of the numbers he put up i think that's a little bit uh that's a little bit scary streaky for me uh his his two months could be in part of the season or he might not get those two months yet you know i don't know i'm a little bit scared of him he's a little older too jorge soler started really slow last year uh do i bump him down uh because he killed it the last three four months that these are guys i i just went down and started finding a few guys Kettle Marte, kettle Marte started slow as well like there, there's just a few guys i don't know what to do with that information really but they did i think again that's a good thing to look at but it's also you could also say hey are they starting slow because they like hitting in the warm weather better and in the, in the cold weather that's why they start out slow and then when the the weather heats up, they just play looser and they play better. I think that's also another angle to look at it. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone likes playing particularly in April. Not really. But some people don't do well in it. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is good stuff, guys. Um, again, we uh, this is all hypothetical right now, so we'll hopefully wait and see. As soon as we get some kind of update, on the schedule, we will definitely bring that to you guys with some analysis and some thoughts. Um, but until then, I think um, for this week, that's all we can offer on that subject. 
Um, we are going to get now um, into our interview with Adam Azer. Again, Adam Azer, uh, he's the podcast host and the uh, camera host for CBS Sports. Um, so we're going to get to our conversation with him. Uh, again, I'm David. Find me at dmendio 2 that's love me some dmendio 2 tweets. Ah, you can, that's uh, Art. You can find him at Art underscore T underscore Z. And that's Eric, again, at E underscore men underscore D. Um, guys, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, so Aaron Boone said the other day, Sean Carlos Stanton is ready. And I'm thinking myself to myself, Ready for what? Like to get hurt again? <laughs> He's lucky there isn't an MLB season or training. He's gonna come after you one day. He probably will. Um. Oh, and by the way, Jeff McNeil, we love you. We'll tweet at you again until you come on. Uh, or at yeah, least I acknowledgement. A like will do. Yeah, I, I. I wanted to uh, talk about Jeff McNeil and how awesome he was. He is as well, but I also got to throw a little bit of love out there for Scott Boris's plan, plan to have a neutral site world series in December. I think that's super fun making it like a super bowl. I think that would be awesome to have like Miami world series and, 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 December. I think that'd be the best. Um, it'd be fun to have that for one season. Like I said, I'm, I'm up for any sort of anomaly. That's my that's my close. I think Scott Boris had a good idea there. Yeah, they'll call either the uh, Super Series or the uh, the World Bowl. The World Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it would be good. Um, Alright guys, we appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week um, with some more fun stuff um, and some other topics. Uh, until then, stay safe in this quarantine. Um, Hopefully, sooner rather than later, we all will be able to get outside and not be cooped up in our houses. Um, but until then, I'm David. That's Eric and Art. Um, please enjoy our interview with Adam Azer. Talk to you next week. All right, we welcome in Pocket Aces, Ace Squared, Adam Azer to the Five Tool Fantasy Baseball Podcast. He's the podcast host and camera host for CBS Sports. And fun fact, he's never tried Jeff Boyardi. Adam, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, probably because I haven't had any Chef Boyardee. Seems like that's a good thing. <laughs> have you never tried Jeff Boyardee? I don't know. It's possible that I have, and I don't remember. But at some point, I certainly will. Chris ordered me like a 12-pack that's going to get here in a, in a couple of weeks. Which flavor did he get and to? At that point, I think he got me the beef ravioli one. Ooh. Um, well, I could go one of two ways. You could be like, okay, I wasn't missing anything. I'm glad I didn't try it. Or you're going to be so addicted. You're just going to order a bunch of them to your door. It's going to be the SpongeBob one bite episode. Listen, we are a very organic BPA free house. So there is (laughs) no way. We're gonna be get, become addicted to Chef Boyardee. I can I can guarantee. That. I might love it, but would just like it just wouldn't fly around here. <laughs> awesome. Well, so we are in this episode. We're discussing basically how the different options the uh, season might play out. So Rob Manfred made an announcement today that they're looking for a rough, uh, roughly about a June time for the season to start. 
And there's a lot of scenarios being floated out there about what they're going to do with the game schedule. Uh, so what we've heard so far, there could be a 100-game structure. They're talking about seven-inning doubleheaders, two doubleheaders per week. I think even Mariano Rivera talked about a 60-game schedule. Adam, uh, first thing I want to ask you, is there a particular schedule that you've heard that you liked? Uh, not really, because, I, I mean, I'm not really putting any stock into it for anyone to kind of act like they know what the situation's going to be here in in uh, June. It's silly. And keep in mind, I live in New York, so, you know, it's pretty bad here. Um, Rivera, I, Rivera didn't want the 60-game season. He said, okay. I don't think you can play a 60-game season and call yourself a champion. There's no way they're going to do a 60-game season, um, in my opinion. I, then I heard of the All-Star break. They were thinking about it. Yeah, Manfred's saying June. I don't really have a preference. I mean, seven. I, I would I would not like a, a – uh, let's say less than 120 games, and certainly seven innings would be awful. It, they got to do nine inning stuff. I think they'll do they'll do a lot of double headers and they'll expand rosters and get a lot of guys on there. And uh, it probably won't be it probably, probably won't be a good thing for older players. Um, they're going to be sitting a lot if that's the scenario. Adam, let me throw this out there because I saw this today. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I want to just paint a picture for you. 32 game season. <laughs> and all you do is you play division games. You play eight games against every team in your division, and the top team in each division goes to the playoffs. Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who could like something like that? Eight? But it is kind of funny that baseball is so different from the other sports, and that baseball just requires a ton of games for results. I mean, I guess it kind of – you couldn't do it physically, but – just imagine what baseball, what football would be like if you had like an 80 game season, just how different the results would be. Um, so no, I, I hate it. But then if you think about it, you could have eight Red Sox Yankees games with every single game being like a playoff game. Who cares about the Red Sox? Dude? It's Ray, it would be Rays. Yankees. Uh, I was going to say Rays, Rays play them tough now. Yeah. But can you imagine the four games in Tampa Bay? There's no one's going to come to the games. I, well, we may not have we may not be uh, allowed to have fans in any stadium. So <laughs> the Rays would probably the Rays and the Marlins would probably benefit the most from this type of season because they would have the, the least adjustment to playing in front of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I think Adam, you're right. I think they're going to have to come to some kind of. I don't think they're going to be able to play the 162. I did hear them say if they did the 162, them ending around Christmas Day but I can't imagine them trying to compete with football and basketball and them getting any type of good ratings. Yeah. And they'd be competing with football for an entire season of football. So like baseball, there's no way you're starting the next season, uh, you know, on time, you'd have to push that back too. So keep, keep dreaming. (laughs) It's just not happening. Yeah. I think, I think Boris, wanted to do that this is art by the way um um because they're prorating his salaries he's trying to build in as many games for his clients as possible yeah i i mean i kind of felt like i didn't know if they were going to prorate salaries i kind of felt like they were just going to pay everybody for a full season um boris yeah boris says a lot of stuff and it always gets a lot of attention but i don't often pay attention to what he says because he's so biased uh there i i Look, I am not an expert at all. 
obviously, but there mm-hmm. is no chance they're playing baseball games in, in December. Uh, it would just, it's crazy. Like, there's the weather would be terrible. There'd be so few stadiums you actually could play the games. Yeah, you'd have and, to like I said, it would play World Series or Dome. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, well, that, then again, if it's Marlins Rays, like <laughs> I think it would be, then there would be no problem. Um, so on that subject, then we were also looking into some players that kind of their values risen up and some players who might have lo- uh, lost some value. Um, I was hearing you guys, um, I forgot what episode you guys were talking about, uh, potentially guys like John Carlos Stanton um, and other guys that might be a little more injury prone. Eric loves John Carlos Stanton. Uh, uh, guys that might, if they have all these double headers, are probably going to be sitting a good amount of games. Um, would those be the type of guys you would look at who might uh, lose value from these shortened seasons? Yeah, if in fact they are playing a lot of double headers, then a guy like Stanton, a guy like Edwin Encarnacion, these older players who are going to require maintenance, I wouldn't invest nearly as heavily in a catcher. Uh, you know, and and I and I think every team would have three catchers at that point, but still, just a physically demanding position. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about closers because you know they are probably going to have a fewer. They're probably going to have a lower share of of percent of uh, saves, you know, like save chances. Mm-hmm. Just, they're just going to need better bullpens. Um, so, uh, yeah, older players, injury-prone players, and catchers and closers, to me, I would think, would stand to lose in fantasy. And then on the flip side, what players do you think are going to get a bump in value from the shortened season? I'm not really sure. I, it could be guys that were on an innings limit. It could be Jesus, Jesus Lazardo, players like that. It could be prospects, although I really don't know how they're going to handle service time because it's you know it's kind of like a percentage of of how much of the season you've played. You get Super Two status. When do you hit arbitration? I don't know what what happens in a shortened season. But yeah, I would think the uh, the guys who weren't going to go deep into games, the guys who are going to be on innings limits, would be the ones that would benefit the most. What about guys like Lance McCullers um, that are coming yeah. off of a major injury? Do you think that they kind of get the reins off of them, or do you think they're still kind of limited? Uh, I mean, I, I think they're probably limited, but if it's a shorter season, you know, you probably feel the effects of that less. They're not going to get shut down at any point. So, you know, they might pitch the entire season, not go as deep into games. I don't know, man. I really don't know what's going to happen. There's so many hypotheticals right now that if I were drafting today and I knew this season were going to be shortened, I would still draft it more or less the same way. But I think I would get away from from the older injured players. I don't really know who would gain value here. I just – look, it's, it's possible that, you know, you look at the Dodgers and a guy like Gavin Lux, uh, maybe he doesn't have an everyday spot. But if we're playing double headers two, three times a week or something like that, then a guy like Gavin Lux is going to play a lot. There are more games than the teams with the deep benches that have the, the good prospects that they can just fill in there. Those those guys are going to be relevant. going to be a lot more fantasy-relevant players. Um, but we'll have to see how it all sorts out. Well, I was wondering guys like Joe Adele, um, who you were probably looking at maybe a hopeful midseason call-up if they were just keep them down for another year. And th- those guys that you might have tried to snag earlier in your drafts aren't nearly as valuable anymore. I think that prospects or minor leaguers are just 
really interesting. Don't know what they're going to do with minor leaguers. And like I said, service time and, and what it all will mean. Um, but I, but I think again, like if the angels are good, and if they're contending, they're going to call them up, you know, that's a good point. So I don't think, that, I don't really think that's going to change. Good point. Well said from the, the man, Adam Azer. So uh, we're <laughs> going to hop into our next segment here. We always have question of the week. All right. That'd be nice to have my volume already head <laughs> on my computer, but now the volume's up. Okay. So, um, so this week, Adam, the one thing I will need from you is who is your favorite? I know you're a Yankees fan. So who is your favorite Yankee of all time? Oh, that would, I guess, I don't really care about players, to be quite honest with you, but Derek Jeter. So there's no player you would be starstruck if they, uh, if they came up to you? Absolutely not. Jeter, well, first of all, no, they would never go up there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Derek Jeter, and then I would say uh, Didi Gregorius probably be second. Really? Okay, D- okay yeah. so for this game, uh, Eric's favorite player is Nolan Arenado. Art's favorite player, Art's a big Cubs fan, is Anthony Rizzo. Don't draft uh, him this I'm a, year. <laughs> I'm a big Twins fan, and my favorite player is Denard's fan. Um, yeah, it's very <laughs> random. <laughs> um, but so I have a couple scenarios here. I want to hear to get an autographed home run baseball, and I'll even sweeten the pot. You get to spend a day with them to do whatever activity you want. Oh, man. But you have to do this task if you would do it, yes or no, okay? Okay. All right, so uh, we'll go Eric, Art, and then Adam at the end. All right, so number one, would you change your name from one uh, for one year to Blueberry Sugar Booger? Do I have to legally change it? You just have to introduce yourself to whoever you meet as Blueberry Sugar Booger. Yeah, I would do that. I feel like that's something Impractical Jokers would do. Art, my, my wife, wife would, would never, never let me do that. that. I, I, would, I would, would never, never ever get, get away with that. Perks of being single, I can get away with it. <laughs> Adam, would you do that? Definitely okay. not. <laughs> Scenario number two, would you stay awake five days straight? No, I enjoy sleep too much. No, no I, I would, would never, never do that. that. You guys have kids? Yeah, yeah I, I do. do. Yeah, then the answer is definitely no. <laughs> no way. I think if you let me spend the day with Denard Span, I would do it. You couldn't do it. I mean, I would at least try to do it. He has to drink coffee every yeah, hour. Lord. Yeah. Um, all right. Number three. Would you dye your hair purple for six months? Eric. Uh, I have a buzz cut, so I don't have much hair. So, yes. No, no, not, not at, at all. all. These, these are, are ter- these, these are, are awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say no to that. Okay, next one. Three months straight of living in bed. No, couldn't do that. Oh. Mm, me neither. neither. Three months straight of oh, what? Just living in bed. Oh well, I mean, we're pretty much going to be doing <laughs> yeah. that. This, you know. <laughs> but no, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have to do that anyway, and I'm not gonna even get to meet Derek Jeter. But no, I would not do that voluntarily. <laughs> All right, be a goldfish for one week, Eric. 
Yes. Art. I would, I would want, want to see what, what it was like, like to be a goldfish for a week. That's what I, I would want to lose any human time for it, but, but I, I would want to see what, what it was like. Adam. But don't they have, like, no memory, or is that a myth? I wouldn't be shocked if it looks like they're always, like, wondering what's going on. I, I think I have heard that before. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to Google it. Uh, I, I mean, as long as it's not... Yeah, as long as I'm not like abandoning my family for a week in like this alternate universe where I can go be a goldfish, sure, I would do that. I would like to know what that's like. All right, so then we'll go to our last one. Last one, the worst memory of your entire life. You have to relive it every day for a week. What? <laughs> Jeez. No. So I don't know. I don't know if it's like you jumped in a trash can in high school, or like you had your pants pulled down and the girl you liked, or whatever it is. Eric, would you do it? I can't even think of my worst memory, but no. Art? I've probably blocked it out already, and I wanted to stay blocked out. <laughs> Adam? Uh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Jeter. Jeter, you're not worth it, apparently. <laughs> um, all right, so we again, uh, so good answers, guys. So then one of our uh, favorite games we also like playing on this pod uh, is the Twitter followers game, okay? So how this works is I'm going to give you a random player and you have to guess how many Twitter followers they have, all right? Now, it could be past, present, uh, it could be any player, and then whoever gets the closest uh, will get the point. I've got 10 players, so whoever has the most points after 10 wins. David, I hope you didn't do Jeff McNeil because I know how many Twitter followers he has. Weekly shout out. Well, no, Jeff McNeil's off limits. Weekly shout out to Jeff McNeil. Our goal is to get Jeff McNeil on the podcast. We tweet him every week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Good luck. All right, so you guys ready for the first one? Yep. All right, Phil Hughes. We're going to go, we'll start Eric, Art, Adam, and then the next one we'll do Art, Adam, Eric, and so on. Okay. Phil Phil Hughes? Yes. 62,000. He's a baseball tosser, husband, father, and he's a wannabe chef. I think he has 100,000. Oh, man. I don't have as much faith in Phil Hughes. I'm going to say 12,000. So Adam says 12, Art says 100. How many did you say, Eric? 62,000. The answer is 146,000. You guys are sleeping on Phil Hughes. When you, <laughs> when you told me that he was a, a wannabe chef, I was like, wow, I really undervalued 62. <laughs> and he's a pretty, uh, no, he's kind of an active tweeter. He actually has four tweets since we've been on air. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Next one. Uke, Kevin Euclidus. Otherwise known as the Loma God. Uh, Boston alone will carry him to 50,000. Okay. Um, I'm going to say uh, 25,000. Yeah, I, I feel like he's not that popular of a guy outside baseball. I'm going to go 44,000. Wow, Eric. You were really close. He's 42,9. Wow. Nice. Okay. It's funny because he's got such a unique batting stance and personality. You would think he has more followers than that. I don't think he has a personality. He doesn't seem like he has one. (laughs) (laughs) 
I hate Kevin Euclid. <laughs> is that why you had? Is that why you got such a low number for followers? I guess. I guess being hated probably gets you followers. So I should have. Uh, no, I, I I have no problem with Kevin Euclid. Just just some Boston hate there. Yeah. Um. All right. Next one. His partner in crime, Nick Punto. <laughs> Jeez. They both work for the Loma Beer Company. Twenty five hundred. No faith. Okay, twenty-five. Eric, what do you say? Seventeen thousand. I'm gonna guess one. Are we gonna? Can't go over one. <laughs> so believe it or not, he's got forty-nine thousand three. What? <laughs> Does he have anything That's about him being man. a little piranha on there? No, he's a. Uh, he has every single team he played for. And now he's a proud stay-at-home father. For now. Okay. Um, next one, Jerry Hairston Jr. Am I first? Yeah, eight thousand. Uh, Twelve thousand. Uh, six thousand. <laughs> How could it, Jerry Hairston Jr. have six thousand Twitter followers? <laughs> so, Eric, what'd you say? Remind me, Eric. You said twelve. I said eight. And then, are you said twelve? Mm-hmm. He has fifty thousand six hundred followers. What is going on here? <laughs> I saw these numbers, and some of them were like shocking to me too. Wow. Um, he also has, uh, God, he's yeah, he's actually uh, he has not tweeted. Now he tweeted actually a couple hours ago. He, he's pretty active on Twitter. Um, next one, Paul Laduca. He played for Big City. Forty thousand. Like I feel like it's gonna be four million based on this game so far. Uh, I'll say twelve thousand. I'm gonna say twenty-eight thousand three hundred. So Eric, you said twenty-eight three. Yeah. And Art, what did you say? Forty thousand. And Adam, what'd you say? Twelve thousand. He's got eighty thousand six hundred. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I just need to start guessing high numbers. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not going to give them that respect. Like I'm gonna, t- I'm just gonna guess what they should have. They don't deserve it. I have a couple curveballs in here. You guys were gonna be really shocking at their numbers. They've all been curveballs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Paul Aduka with eighty thousand. All right. What do you guys think for Coco Crisp? Oh wow. Three hundred, uh, three hundred thirty thousand. He has a unique name. Yeah. <laughs> I um, one million. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess seventy thousand. Ah, there you go, Adam. Fifty-seven three. There you go. Put it on the board. <laughs> Coco, Coco Chris. All right, next one. Brandon Inge. Oh, wow, good throwback names. Uh, Had to put a lot of throwbacks on here. Eight hundred ninety-nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll I'll say uh. Gosh, seventy seven thousand five hundred. Uh, eleven thousand. He has three thousand three hundred forty nine followers. There is. Is, it, is that makes Is sense. he verified? Yeah, I made sure they're all verified. Okay. So I think it was hold on Adam. You said seven thousand, I think, and Eric, you said eleven thousand, and then Eric and our, you said eight hundred. Yeah. 
89. I guess that would be your closest for that one. All right, last three. Jermaine Guy. <laughs> 60,000. Uh, 894. No, he's going to have a lot. He's going to have uh oh, he's going to have 45,000. He has 231. Damn it, Art wins again. So he has less than Nick Punto. Let that sink in. Oh no, I think I won. He had 23-1. What did you say, Adam? I think he said 43. I think he did win that one. Yeah. So I have the score as Eric with four, Art with two, and Adam with two. Right, we got our last two here. Barry Zito. 75,000. I'm going to give you a hint. I think he's popular. I'm going to give you a hint on his page. He does not have anything about him being a baseball player. It's for booking inquiries, email him, and it's his music. Wow. So people might only follow him for his music. What number did Barry Zito wear? I think it was 75. Okay, that I was going to base it off his number, that, but that's too high. I'll go with 37,000. Yeah, I said 75,000. Adam, what are you thinking? Uh-oh, we may have lost Adam. Well, the answer, the correct answer is 3,100. Wow. No respect <laughs> for the former Cy Young winner. No. I was shocked when I saw that. No, no whatsoever. We were on Barry Zito. Um, and we came to the conclusion his, uh, his followers, you did hear his, the amount he had, right? Uh, I think so, okay. yeah. I guess 250000 so I was definitely going to be wrong. Okay, yeah, so 3000 So I think Art got that one. So then the last guy we have, Adam, I know you tweeted you tweeted at him semi-recently, uh, Jose Bautista. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised <laughs> when I, like, I got the notification or, like, when I saw on my timeline that you tweeted him. And I looked at his spot. I was like, he's following almost a million people. Yeah, I've twice begged for Jose Bautista to follow me. Um, so how many followers does he have? I'm going to guess 2.5 million. 2.5? Yeah. Eric? The last time I saw his Twitter, which I think was like last year, he had like 979,000. So I'm going to go 1.4 million because he's really leveled off recently. Oh, my God. I have no idea. Um, 1.5. Oh, you price is right, are you? I am. This, it's oh, the point of this game. You're lucky he did because 1.17 is the answer. Oh. So it's good that he actually prices right to you because that got you the win. Woo! Oh. All right. Well, um, that was fun. Adam, we really appreciate you coming on um, and joining us. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to our show, and this was uh, really fun. Thanks, Yeah. Guys. So, again, if you want to um, you know, hear more of Adam, you can check him out on Twitter. Um, it's at Adam Azer. There's no underscores or anything, right? It's just at Adam Azer. 
Right. Yeah. A-I-Z-E-R. And um, you can also check him out on, I'm sure a lot of you guys know, the CBS Fantasy Baseball Today. Uh, again, uh, thanks so much for your time, Adam. Thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, really it. interested to hear what you think of the Chef Boy RD. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to tune in like a couple weeks. I'll give you all an update. <laughs> Wait. Damn. All right, man. Take it easy and be safe. Okay, you too, guys. Bye. Thank you.